Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. I'm John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister here at our church. This week, we start a new series. Uh, really excited about it. We're just going into the parables of Jesus and uh, thought it might be interesting to uh, do something a little more, let's say, comfortable after Revelation. Uh, this week, we start with the parable of the bags of gold or the parable of the talents from Matthew 25. And so there are a lot of things as Jesus teaches his parables, a lot of things that we can look at and say, okay, who am I in this story? Which is why Jesus teaches is for us to really look uh, on the inside and and be honest with ourselves. So uh, I pray that throughout this series, that's what we do, that we look honestly and that each and every week we learn something. So again, thanks for listening. See you soon. I like how most of our churches have kept out the end of that song. No God like Jehovah about 30,000 times. You lose your spot and you're not sure where you are. Again, we are grateful uh, that you are here this morning. Uh, it's just a blessing to be able to be here. Um, preaching all, often brings anxiety. Have I prepared enough? Am I ready mentally? Uh, and, and so, you know, even walking into the building most days, I've got a little bit of, okay. And every day when I get up and stand in front of you guys, it just kind of brings a little bit of relief that, you know, I've, that we, we've been here now and we, we know you guys and... And we love you and you love us. And man, it's, uh, when I say it's a blessing, I really mean that. Uh, today, we start Revelation 23. <laughs> now, I'm just kidding. We're done with Revelation. <laughs> we are done with Revelation. I, uh, I'm ready to be done with Revelation. I grew in appreciation of the book through my study and, and all the sermons and all the, all the work there. And I hope you did as well. But that's in the past right now. You never have to study Revel. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to study it right now. Today, we're going to start a, a new series, and it's called something very familiar, The Parables of Jesus. And so I, I feel, you know, coming out of Revelation, hey, let's get something that we that feels more, you know, centered, and I don't walk, off, walk out of here going, huh, what do I do with all this? Uh, and so I, I hope that that's what we can do through this series. And it's going to... Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Jordan and I planned this series. He's going to preach some during it, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I uh, really am as we go. Uh, but Revelation, of course, as we, as we studied, was uh, a lot of language, a lot of uh, uh, apocalyptic language. There were uh, these, these just pictures that, that John tries to describe, and, and, you know, one of the hard things about Revelation is trying to figure out, all right, well, how much of this do I need to figure out this is that and that is this and all of these things? And so uh, that's part of what <laughs> Revelation does and part of uh, the way that Scripture is different in different areas, different literature. So you have apocalyptic language and Revelation. You can go over to some in Daniel as well. Uh, you can get normal parts where it's just narrative telling a story. You can go over to Psalms and see a lot of uh, poetry if you've got a Bible with you, anytime you see like the weird format in the middle where everything's centered, uh, what that's telling you is that the Bible is using uh, some poetry there. And we might not, might not catch it in, in uh, English, but that's what's going on. And so there are a lot of different things you kind of have to uh, think about. All right, what genre am I in? What am I, what am I dealing with? And, and that's true also with the parables of Jesus. Again, a parable is just a, a story told to someone uh, to illustrate a point, usually a, a moral, uh, moral spiritual point. 
And so it's not real. You know, when we talk about any of these parables, Jesus is, is making this up, a scenario, again, to illustrate uh, the greater point. And so, you know, we, we know how much stories have, like, power over our lives. I could come, you guys could come every week, and I could just list facts. And you'd walk out of here bored, teary-eyed, angry, and how much of it would you remember? But if you came and I gave kind of some of the same facts in story form, you're probably going to retain a lot of that, right? Because in our minds, we, we kind of create the pictures to go along with it, right? And especially things we can relate to or things we really like, those seem to uh, just kind of get, you know, concreted in our minds. Anybody know someone who's a really good storyteller? Like, I don't really feel like I'm a good storyteller. People tell me otherwise, but sometimes it feels like when I start a story, people start looking for other people to talk to. <laughs> you know, so, hey, well. But I know people that I love to hear them tell a story, right? And so Jesus, in, in the way that he teaches, gives people something to hold on to if they want to hold on to it. And, and so part of, of Jesus telling parables is not uh, actually just to make it easy for people. He actually says, Something different. I've mentioned that several times uh, here lately, but here in Luke 8, as he's introducing the, the parable of the, the soils or the sower, uh, his disciples ask him, again, Luke 8, uh, starting in verse 9, his disciples ask him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables. So here's the reason I, I talk in parables. He says, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. And again, that might be a little difficult for us to kind of uh, handle this morning, because if your picture of Jesus is just someone who walked around kind of spoon-feeding people here, I, I hope you get this. You know, that's not what he did. He said, you know, for the people who really want to understand, you can't. But people who are here just kind of surface level, maybe they're, they're trying to pin something on Jesus or maybe they just don't really care, but they don't, they don't really care. Seeing, they're not going to see. Hearing, they're not actually going to understand. And, and so I think this goes perfectly with the way James kind of talks about it. In James 1, uh, starting in verse 22, when he's talking about listening to the word, he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Let's repeat that as a church. How about it? Do what it says. Yeah, absolutely. Don't just listen. He says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Can you imagine that? Looking at yourself in the mirror and walking away. You know, I really didn't actually care what I looked like, right? Sometimes I think my kids do that in the morning. Like, yeah, I've already fixed my hair. Are you sure? Because it's, it's pointed every which direction. But he's forgotten what he looks like. He says, uh, James says, but whoever looks intently, that's the key word there. You care. I intently look. I'm going to put some effort into this. I'm going I'm I'm to put some time into this. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it. This is not a a quick glance, right? Intently looking and continues in this, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. All right, those 
those uh, last two scriptures are the ones that are going to be key throughout this. You'll hear them over and over again. Again, the way Jesus, the reason Jesus says he talks in parables, and James saying, listen, it's not about just hearing. It's not just about uh, having ears on your head and being able to listen. It is about looking intently and caring enough to do that and, again, to continue in it. This morning, I don't know if Coach tried to do this, but Coach might as well have been sitting in with Jordan and I as we planned this. But today we talk about the parable of the bags of gold, otherwise known as the parable of the talents. Thank you. The parable of the talents from Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. We're going to read those right now. Again, and and Jesus, just to set this up, Jesus is talking. uh, This is kind of the middle part of uh, several things he strings together, telling people about what the kingdom of God is like, okay? And so that's what we need to know going into this. Verse 14, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with the five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. So whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is the parable of the bags of gold. Isn't that interesting? Again, uh, something you need to know as we we talk about this parable, a talent in that that day was equal to about 20 years, 20 years of a, a common day laborer's wages. So you think about five of those, two of those, and one of those. Even one of those is worth 20 years. And so as Jesus tries to explain this this kingdom of God and what it's like, 
Uh, notice that he gives everyone something, right? There is no, in this, in this parable that Jesus makes up, there is no servant that Jesus says, God, God or the master here, gives zero talents, zero bags of gold. Some of you are sitting here this morning and you feel like the master has given you zero bags of gold. Anybody want to say amen to that? Maybe you wouldn't say it out loud, but you feel like it. But, but what this shows us is that God, or the master in this, in this case, gives abundantly, very generously. And so I think, I think something that Jesus doesn't really say, but we think as Americans, really, is we come to a parable like this, and we're kind of hung up on why one guy gets five and another guy gets one, Right? Like, like, maybe it's not I feel like I have zero, but I'm not happy because he got five and I got one or two. What's up with that, right? Which, of course, is not the point here. Uh, you can get to the point through this. But we get hung up on things like that, right? But Jesus, again, he says, do you, do you remember why he says some got five and some got one or two? They're given according to what? Their ability. Isn't it interesting to know in this parable that God knows your ability, that you can handle what he gives you if you will put in the work, if you will look intently and say, all right, what is it that I am, am doing here? And so, and so in this parable, Jesus talks about the five and the two and the one. And notice both the person that was given five and the person that was given two both doubled what they had. He didn't say to the person who had two, well, you only have four compared to the guy who has 10 now. You know, you go the way of weeping and gnashing of teeth. No, he says to both of them who faithfully lived this out, notice that. That's what faithfulness is in this parable, is to use what God has given you. You know, often we talk about, and we may have mentioned it, Francisco may have mentioned it this morning, that we give of our money trying to understand that it's not ours, that it is God's, and I think we, we still wrestle with it, still need to mention it all the time, right? But in this parable, God gives us something, abilities, ways to use his gifts that are not ours. But even knowing that through this parable, some of us are sitting here right now, coaches mentioned, uh, especially some of you guys, after coaches mentioned, hey, we need, need some help doing this, some of you are thinking, I can't do it. I don't have any ability. There's no way I could get up and stand up and do that kind of thing. And, and what he said this morning, I know because I've, I've been on the other side of it, when someone says, hey, I struggle with that too, or I have struggled, I, I've been nervous, like Francisco said, and you're thinking, no way you know how, I'm, how nervous I am. No way you know how hard that would be for me. And I think in the moment what we are doing is we may be ignoring that talent that God has given to us, that ability that God has gifted you. It's not yours to hold on to. It's not yours to go and bury in a hole in the ground. It is given to you by God to be used, to be increased even. And we're sitting there holding on to it, 
coming up with all the reasons, just like this guy did. Remember, he says, Master, I knew who you were. I knew, you know, I know who you are. You're a guy, you're, you're kind of hard. You know, you're, you're reaping where you did not. So, you know, all these things that kind of makes the master look, like, you know, kind of shady. But the master looks at him and says, well, you knew all of those things. Couldn't you have at least put out some effort? Couldn't you have at least done something and put my money in with the banker? So at least when I got back, I would have some interest. Now, I don't know what kind of interest you get on 20 years worth of labor, you know, what, what that would cost. But my goodness, he said, can't you do something? And a lot of us hear that and we think, oh, not me. I couldn't do it. I tell the story all the time. I've probably told it to you guys four times. Your, your eyes are glazing over when I tell it. But I, when I was young, sitting at the front of my church, because we had to, when we passed out stuff, we had to walk down front. Uh, at the beginning, anybody, y'all used to do that at Lakewood? What y'all do? Yeah. Used to do that? Yeah, walk down front. I mean, it felt like, oh, like it, it, this, is, this is serious now, right? And, and so we walked down front, but I wasn't even going to have to say a prayer. All I had to do was stand up here and, and stand and, and, and go, you know, try to cover up your belly. Uh, and <laughs> I wasn't going to say a prayer. I wasn't going to have to do anything. But I stood there, and, and as I sat on the seat just waiting, you know, because we had you knew how many songs and how many prayers were coming before it you know, came. Now we kind of throw y'all off, so it's like, oh, here it is. But I would just sit up there and hold my hand out, and I was just shaking. Just shaking, I mean, just shaking. I wouldn't even do, I'm standing. You had to hand me something, just don't drop it. That's it. <coughs> and, and that's a good, I mean, a lot of us, because of, of being in public, we understand, like, how nervous we can be. And, and some of us would look at a person like that and say, yeah. Man, I get it. Don't put yourself in that, that situation. Don't let that anxiety, you know, take over. Just, I wouldn't even do it. And that's how we get it. And, and what you heard this morning from these guys is, man, been there. But what you have to do is do it. You have to use the abilities that God has given you. Quit looking down on what God has given you. Okay? Look at your life and say, what has God given me? And I said last week in class, uh, one of the things I think is the best test of this is if you're unsure of the way God has blessed you, the gift God has given you, don't define it for yourself. Won't you ask somebody that loves you? Won't you ask somebody that knows you and say, what do you think God has blessed me with? What is the gift that you see in me? Because often, often what I find is that gift God has blessed us with, we don't even see as a gift. We don't even see as something special that God has given me because I'm so worried about having that other gift that I see in somebody else. You know, I, I'm up here and I think God has blessed me in ways that I went from shaking to be able to, to come up here and preach without notes. And that's a blessing from God, I'll tell you that right now. Because I've never in my wildest dreams would have thought I could have done that. But... Uh, you know, I, I think about how, how that can change and how that can morph and how that can grow in your life. And if all we do is just kind of shut it down, that's not going to happen, right? We can come up with all kinds of reasons why that's not going to work. And we can shut it down. And that's what you see with a one-talent person. Some of you are sitting here with five bags of gold this morning, and you're acting like the one-bag person. You only feel like you have one bag, 
you, uh, you're so focused on other people. Uh, maybe you want to be able to speak. Maybe you want to be able to sing. I'd love to be a professional singer if I had that ability. But y'all wouldn't see me here. That's what I do because I have a love for it. And, and God has not blessed me with that. I have to uh, be honest with myself about what God has blessed me with and use that. Jesus doesn't say in this parable, hey, identify the best uh, talent that you can find and pursue it. He says, use what God has given to you. And you have to be honest about that. You have to, to look in the mirror. You have to get someone who knows your life. And I'll tell you, it, it's funny because, uh, like I said, a lot of times what we think, um, or what we think is God has not blessed us, but when you ask somebody else, they say, oh, man, they have blessed you in this way. I find this a lot with people who are hospitable. You know, the Bible talks about being given the gift of hospitality. Y'all know that's not, uh, not real common? But yeah, hospitality is not shaking hands out here at the door. But to have people in your home, to have people invited into your life, and anybody know somebody like that, that they just live for that kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, a lady back home, uh, Miss Joyce, she was going to host a small group. You just count on it. Not only was she going to host a small group, people wanted to sign up for that group because she was going to feed them. I mean, you go over there and it's super nice. It'll make me uncomfortable because I'm pretty, I'm pretty laid back, you know, and, and kind of relaxed. And, and uh, she's got all the nice stuff out and got a heart of gold to go with it. I had one of my one of my dear friends, an older gentleman in my group. He started out in my small group, and I was glad. He's he's a wealth of knowledge. He was a pharmacist, just a a very smart man, and loved loved having conversations with him. And about two weeks in, he said, John, he said, nothing against you, but I'm going to go be with Mr. Joyce's group. He said, boy, they have good food. I said, you don't have to say anything else. <laughs> you don't have to say anything else, Ron. Um, it's fine. I understand. Uh, and, and so, you know, you think about that and think about the blessing that Miss Joyce has been given that she just loves to have people in her home. But she's taking that talent that gift from God that if we look at this parable is not hers, but is given to her by God to be used, to be increased. And that's where we see the blessing. That's where, that's where we see that thing multiply from two to four. That's where we see it go from five to 10. When we kind of lean into that and say yes to what God has blessed us with. But notice the man with one bag of gold, one talent. He was overcome with fear. <clears throat> what he did was allow that fear and anxiety to control what he did or did not do for his master, right? Isn't it interesting that he knows his master? But his master says, what, what good did that do you? And again, that is us sitting in church calling Jesus master but holding on to the gifts that he has given us, burying those and saying, yeah, I, I don't want to use that, or I can't. I don't have that ability. Or, man, I'm mad that I didn't get that. And so notice again that the master in this parable looks at this servant who has just buried his talent. He says, you wicked, lazy servant. Now, we might think that's harsh because that servant didn't intentionally 
go out and, and do something evil, right? He didn't go out uh, and just do something that was, that was horrible. But what he did that the master did not like was take what was the master's and just bury it not being used at all. And man, that is a, that is a picture, that is a mental picture for us all to look at. One thing we're going to do throughout this series, and I started to just leave this up here the whole time, but I thought some of you would be too weirded out. And if I put it behind me, all y'all would see is my bald head the whole time. I'm just looking at faces. Terry's weirded out. This is what parables do. Parables make you, if you're intently looking, they make you look into them and say, all right, where am I in this story? Who am I in this story? Now, there's no reason for us to lie to ourselves, right? Because we know God judges, and he knows all, right? And so if you have convinced yourself this morning that you have no talents, the only person you're hurting is you. If you convince yourself through some of these parables that, well, it's, it's only the other people in this room that Jesus is referring to, the only person you're hurting is you because we don't know that. I can't speak into your, your life and see your soul or anything like that. You have to look at the word of God and see your reflection. Who are you at this moment? Are you the person that has been given a lot? And you are living into that. And I, I pray that we are. I pray that we're full. We're a church full of those people. Are you the person that, that maybe you haven't been given as much, but man, I'm going to maximize what God has given me. I, yeah, I see some people right here in this church that I love, but I'm kind of jealous, to be honest, have been given more than me, more than, more than twice what I've been given. But you know what? I'm going to live for God and do what, I'm going to increase what he has given me. Are you that person with one who is so afraid and overcome by fear or anxiety or whatever you've talked yourself into or out of that you're not living into even the one thing that God has given you? Because I think one of the things we can kind of take, uh, take courage in in this parable is that God knows your ability and he knows what you can handle. If you're a person sitting there this morning that has uh, one talent given to them, thinking, man, I wish I had five, and God's saying, if you had five, it would crush you. Or you might use one, and the rest would go by the wayside. But that God knows us, and he knows our abilities. And all he asks is for us to participate, to live into those things, and bring about the increase that comes from them. And so each and every week, this is what we're going to do. Have I focused on anyone? I've been trying to move it around. Anybody got real uncomfortable? Y'all know I like the sides, right? So I'm trying, not to, trying to keep it in the middle. That way you guys feel like I, I, I love you too. Maybe you're someone who's, who's claiming uh, an ability that was not given by God. Or maybe you need to look at your life this morning and say, why am I saying no at church? I think that's another good test for us because some people are so willing and able to use gifts given to them by God somewhere else 
But boy, it's easy at church when coach comes up to you and says, hey, would you do this? No, can't do it. Well, why why are you able to do that out there? We don't want to ask those questions, do we? So you have to be willing and able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, where am I? Again, I pray that we are a church, whether right now or in the future, by, by looking and being honest with ourselves, that we use every ability we've been given. I think about these ovens we've been gifted. I don't know how many of you like to bake or like to cook and utilize something like that, but what a blessing that can be. Maybe you need to get out of your own way this morning. Maybe you need to ask God, hey, reveal to me what my, uh, what my gift is, what my talent is, the way you've blessed me because I don't see it. And again, maybe you need to ask somebody beside you that loves you, what do you see in me that you can live into, that I can live into? So this morning, we're going to have a song of invitation. We'd love for you to, uh, to make that relationship with your master correctly. Again, it's not enough to know who the master is, to claim him as master if we're not going to live into that. Because what James says is like someone who comes up to a mirror and after looking at themselves, Michael, forgets what they look like. What do you look like this morning?